This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Friday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 9th, episode 2658, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse people. It's Friday, and another weekend of riding is a few short hours away. Jamie and Glenn are here to help you make it through the day with some fun guests and some really bad ads. Enjoy the show. Well, good morning, everybody. We had bad news first thing this morning. I had the show all planned out and had to go and change everything because it Prince is Philip with, died. Yeah. A heavy heart we start this show for sure. You know, Prince Philip, a lot a lot of people don't know how, how instrumental he was in the horse world. Um, you know, in addition to being to to being the husband of the queen. Uh they got married, by the way, in Westminster Abbey in nineteen forty seven. Uh, there were 2,000 guests there uh, and 200 million listening on the radio around the world because TV wasn't a thing back then. But he died. He was 99. I know he'd been sick here recently. He'd been in the hospital for a while, but he died at home, uh, 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 at home apparently. Um, but he was very instrumental in the horse world. He was born, by the way, in 1921. That's the same year the FEI was founded. So the FEI was started the same year that he was born. He played polo until he was 50, and he gave it up to to really get into driving. And, uh, you know, he was the one that established combined driving. He invented combined driving. He and David Saunders together. David Saunders, a friend of ours, who you'll hear later in the show, was a coachman to uh, at the Royal Muse and became basically became the person that uh, Prince Philip worked with to develop the carriages and what was going to happen with combined driving, and he, he explains that in a piece we're going to play later, but he, he was instrumental in that. What, what a lot of people don't know is he was also the FEI president from 1964 to 1986. Wow. Long time. He uh, instigated FEI Jumping Nations Cup Series. He also was the one that launched the FEI Jumping World Cup in the 1970s, and he played a major role in the creation of the World Equestrian Games when it first started. Uh, he also, uh, he was one, and I heard him talk about this in an interview. He, you know, there, the FEI governed Ol- Olympic sports back then. He was instrumental in getting the non-Olympic sports to have to to have a uniform set of policies across the world. So uh, endurance and vaulting and reining and all of the all of the others that are now FEI sports weren't back then. So if you went to one country, if you went to Germany, they had one set of rules, and then you went to compete in England, they had a different set of rules, and they came over here and had a different set of rules. So mm-hmm. he was the one instrumental in, in bringing that all together, like it was in jumping and dressage and eventing. So uh, and then. When he, you know, so he he was involved in all of that, uh, and you know was very instrumental in the world of uh, horse sport. So it's a sad day, and and I'm sad too. You when you go over and meet the Queen, you won't be able to meet Prince Philip now. Yeah, I know. Well, hopefully, I get to get over there and meet the Queen. Darn COVID, stop it! But <laughs> very sad, very sad day. But I'm really excited to hear um, from David Saunders. We haven't heard from him in so long, and this is the actual interview you did with him talking about Prince Philip. So it's yes. going to be really, really cool. Yeah, I spent an hour and a half with him doing a private interview. This was, went back a few years, and I'll post a link to that also in our show notes for today. If you want to go back and hear the whole thing, there's about 20 minutes of it. It was a 20 minutes where he was talking about his time with Prince Philip and, and developing combined driving. Uh, but, you know, David Saunders, if you haven't heard him on our show before, is a storyteller. He is he is a great storyteller. Delightful. And he was there. He was over there, I think, 20-some years at the Royal Muse. So, you know, spent a lot of time. Uh, he drove in Princess Diana's uh, wedding. He drove one of those carriages. You saw, I think it was Prince Philip in his carriage that he drove at, in Diana's wedding. So a lot of stories to tell from his time there, and we're going to just share one of those with you today a little later in the show. But in addition to that, speaking of 
of royalty. Uh, the Vanderbilts were pretty much royalty in our country uh, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And one of the little houses they built is called the Biltmore, and that's in Asheville, North Carolina. And we're going to get Elizabeth McLean on. She's director of equestrian activities there, because along with the house goes 8,000 acres. And you can do some horse thingies there. So we're going to talk about that. Jennifer's done some of those. So that's fun as well. It's kind of a royal a royal day here on Horses in the Morning. And then, and then we're going to bring it all crashing down that's right. quickly. <laughs> that's right. We're going to class it up, and then we're going to pull the class rug right out from underneath y'all. And I have we have a very unique prize for, uh, for the Really Bad Ads today. So it's a very unique prize. We're going to tell you about that, too. Speaking of royalty, one of her own set of royalty, Debbie Laux, host of the Horsemanship Radio Show, Monty Roberts' daughter. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, Debbie. Happy birthday. She's 27. 20 again. Maybe. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Happy birthday, Debbie. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. Well, I have two Daily Winnies, and one is because Laura Bannon is an amazing individual and went to look at a horse, and I think like they were all a mess, and so she ended up rescue, rescuing two baby horses. I guess, I mean, they're like two, like I think virtually untouched. I don't know. I want to get her on to tell the story, but she saved the life of two horses, and I'm really excited to uh, to get to talk to her about it. Apparently, it was a big, hot mess. The other Daily Winnie goes to my son, Lucas. We had oh, a parent-teacher conference. We had a parent-teacher conference last night, Glenn. Oh. Yeah. Those can exactly. go one of two ways. <laughs> She's like, I don't have anything to say. He's actually really, really good. And uh, here's his report card. And it's all A's and A pluses. That's my boy. So he, wow. I remember he skipped a grade too. Like he's, thank God he got his dad's brain. I Jeez. wasn't going to say it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm no idiot. <laughs> I'm no fool. <laughs> so yeah, I think it is. He got his daddy's brain and uh, he gives all A's and A pluses. And I will play this back for him a little bit later. So he can hear his mama giving him a daily when he do the, do, do the daily when he sound again. You want it again? All right, let's do this. Just for, for Lucas. Him. So in an honor of him last night, I was like, you're going to get a treat. So I actually baked last night. You Glenn. cooked? I, I baked. I cook every night, but I <laughs> baked and I don't bake. And I would like to tell you Is that. Is it something the, he'll actually, it's not like a tofu chocolate cake, right? I made banana bread and it was really, really complicated. I had to open the box and I had to pour the powder in. <laughs> Smash bananas. And stir it around. <laughs> And I put some bananas in there, and I threw it in the oven, and it was incredibly difficult. Nailed it. Thank it was you. good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's, the fact that your kid likes banana bread is another A. That's a treat. Mama baked. <laughs> Mama doesn't bake anything. But we love to watch Nailed It. So I'm like, Nailed It. And I pull out of the oven. Boom. It was awesome. <laughs> All right, let's hear from our title sponsor, and then we're going to go to our first guest. We're going to head off to North Carolina to Asheville, which is one of the most up-and-coming cities in the United States, always ranked in the top 10 for hip places to be. And uh, we're going to do that in the mountains there. But first, we're going to hear from Kentucky Performance Products in the state right next door there in Kentucky. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. Equijule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. 
Best of all, Equijuel allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijuel. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. As I said earlier in the show, the Biltmore House is in Asheville, North Carolina. It was built by the Vanderbilts in the late 1800s and is America's largest home, spanning 175,000 square feet, which is more than four acres of floor space, by the way. I I know all of you horse people understand that. Uh, It's a 250-room chateau, includes 35 bedrooms, 43 bathrooms, and 65 fireplaces. But more importantly, you all worried about the outside. It's 8,000 acres and has some really fun horse activities to do. And we have with us Elizabeth, who's the Director of Equestrian Activities. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. You know, my wife and I have been there many times, and my wife has done the trail ride there. It was her and a friend and your guide, and it was the three of them, and he figured out very quickly they could ride, and, and they went out for a nice ride. <laughs> so um, it, it, I, what has impressed me is the amount of outdoor activities that you've added over the years. Yeah, there's a pretty extensive list of uh, things you can do to enjoy America's backyard, as we like to call it. Um, Anything from uh, float trips on the French Broad River that runs directly through the property to um, sporting clays, uh, Land Rover driving experiences, all kinds of stuff. Now, we we did the Land Rover driving experience, Jamie and I, at the Kentucky Rolex event. But, uh, Jamie, this one's an hour long. So it's a little, it's a little little more than the one we did. Um, You, you have trail riding. Tell us about the horse activities that people can do if they go there to visit. By the way, this is in, in the Western part of the state of North Carolina in the mountains. And it's so pretty there. Yeah, we're right in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's lovely terrain. Um, So we've got a few different equestrian programs here. Um, The one that I think you, uh, your wife probably did was through our Deer Park Carriage and Trail Ride Barns. Um, So those facilities are set up for if you do not um, own your own horse or if you are traveling without your own horse. Um, So those are guided trail rides. Um, We offer group rides and private rides. Um, The private rides, we can take up to four people, um, but they will only be the people in your party, uh, whereas the group rides are um, up to 10 people, and it'll be, you know, you and various other guests. Um, But, yeah, on the private rides, we will kind of be able to assess your riding ability and um, let you move out at a little faster pace if the rider's ability and the terrain dictates. Yeah, oh, they had a blast. <laughs> they had a blast. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> and you, yeah, and then if you don't want to ride, you've also got uh, carriage rides you can do. And how cool is it to ride a carriage in front of that castle? We were there, uh, Elizabeth, we were there with our friends on, on New Year's Eve one year, and it was snowing. So, And we ate in the stables. By the way, that's another cool thing. There's a restaurant mm-hmm. in what used to be the stables, and you eat in the stalls, Jamie. It's so cool. <laughs> no, I mean, this is like sounds like the sanitary way, more sanitary than the way I usually eat in the stalls. So. <laughs> yeah, they've cleaned them since the horses were in there. But it, it was snowing out. It was picturesque, perfect. The lawn in the front of the Biltmore was pure white. It was just magical to be there on New Year's Eve. It really was. Um, so how many horses do you guys have there? Um, total on the property, we've got over a hundred at any given time. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, in addition to the carriage and trail program, we also have an equestrian center. Um, we're kind of in the, in the back of the property, a little more removed from the guest areas, but we actually offer, um, private boarding for, um, folks in the area that own horses. And then we also have the ride Biltmore program, um, where local folks can haul in for the day or for the weekend and enjoy our trail system. Oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't know you could come in with your horse and do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. And you can board at the Biltmore. Now, that's cool. You sure can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. pretty neat. Yeah, so we've, we've got an extensive trail system. It's about 120 uh, miles of equestrian-only trails. There are a couple of uh, shared sections where you have to kind of uh, share with the hikers and the bikers just in little bottlenecks throughout the estate. But for the most part, it's uh, exclusively horse traffic which is quite nice for anybody that's ridden in public areas to not have to encounter quite so many um, strollers and bicycles and things like that. 
And what's the terrain like? Um, we are, we're very hilly, um, and a lot of, a lot of rocks. So we do generally recommend that you have shoes, um, on your horses or at least, uh, boots that you can put on if they get a little tender footed. Um, but in many areas you can get off of the, uh, gravel a little bit more and ride in some, you know, grassy shoulders along the, along the gravel roads where you encounter them. Well, I know that you guys do endurance rides there too. As a matter of fact, my wife's looking at bringing some listeners up for the one in the fall, uh, to mm-hmm. do more. And how did that get started? How, why endurance rides? Well, years ago, um, over 30 years ago at this point, um, one of the family members, her name is Mimi Cecil, um, she married George Vanderbilt's grandson. And she was an avid horse person, as were most of the Vanderbilt Cecils. Um, but she started a three day, 100 mile ride. And that was kind of her baby. She had about 30 riders every year, and it ended up being just a great group of friends that got together to do this ride every fall. Um, And as the endurance community sort of turned more towards the one-day 100 ride, we we moved the ride to the spring and started calling it the Biltmore Challenge. Um, So that's kind of the history of, of how that ride came to be. Um, and now we have a couple of endurance rides, um, a day track ride in the fall every year. And then uh, we've started trying to do some educational opportunities, some endurance clinics for folks who are new to that sport. I assume when the house was built that it was you were, uh, there had to be fox hunting that happened on the property. Um, you know, I'm honestly not entirely sure how much fox hunting went on, but um, certainly there was a lot of driving around the countryside. That's actually one of our... Uh, uh, ways we like to advertise the, the carriage rides is that, you know, a lot of the property and the roads were built to be driven um, in a horse-drawn carriage. So you get to see the property as it was meant to be seen at that slower pace. And you know what's cool, too, is since you guys, and you know, I think we visited there for the first time maybe 25 years ago. It was a long time ago. And what's happened since then, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, because of the Biltmore, I think it's because of the Biltmore, I'm going to go with that, um, has <laughs> become the up-and-coming town. It's always on the top 10 list of the most hip towns in the country. Yeah, we've, we've been Beer City USA for a few years. We've got a lot of local uh, breweries. We're getting a few distilleries now. It's turned into a huge um, foodie town. Uh, we've got excellent restaurants. But, yeah, we uh, they really revitalized the downtown area over the past, you know, probably 15 to 20 years. And, uh, yeah, things are booming. Things are booming here. And, Jamie, if you just tell Chad that you want to bring your horse all the way over to the Biltmore from Oklahoma and mm-hmm. you want to go riding, you can convince him to do that. One, there's a winery on the property, so you can just plunk him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's golf all over the place there. <laughs> there that's where he'll be. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's a perfect family vacation. You can vacate apart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they do. You have bike trails and all that kind of stuff, too, if they want to drag the husbands along and they ride bike, right? Absolutely. The estate has bike trails. And then, of course, we are um, right next to Pisgah National Forest. So there's even more extensive biking and hiking um, in the immediate area. Lots of waterfalls. It's really beautiful. Question. We're just dropping at one of the breweries in town, one or the other. This this actually sounds like a really great family vacation. For uh, We have a seven-year-old. Do you guys rent bikes or do we have to bring our own bikes? Uh, We do rent bikes. Yeah, there's a, a whole facility that's called the Bike Barn. They can outfit the whole family. Oh my gosh, I'm on my way. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> if you, if you, and if you ever get a chance to go see the Biltmore at Christmas time to take the tour of the house at Christmas time, it is unfreaking believable. Do they still bring the Christmas tree in with a horse drawn uh, wagon? Absolutely. It's our favorite tradition. <laughs> they bring the, and it's a huge Christmas tree. It's like White House size Christmas tree. It's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. That- Santa, Santa Claus rides in the carriage. He helps us bring it in, and Mrs. Claus meets us at the house. Um, and uh, the past few years, actually, we've even got one of the local high school bands to lead us in. So it's turned into quite the uh, parade. The show. <laughs> it's cool. I wish I lived closer to there. I would definitely have an annual pass and go all the time because they, they change the decorations in the house by season. And it's just so cool. It's really a cool place. If you're ever in the western part of North Carolina and you're a horse person, you have to, ch- well, you have to do the tour of the house. And then you're a horse person, so you're going to hit the winery next. Uh, and then you can go see about the horses. Um, that <laughs> seems to be the order of events for our audience anyway. But this is great. Where can people find out more about it? Where can they contact you, book rides, and all that stuff? Um, everything is going to be on Biltmore.com. 
Um, if you go to, uh, there's a tab called Outdoor Activities, um, or actually it's just as things to do. Um, and then there's going to be a tab for outdoor activities. And that um, everything that we've talked about is listed on there, including the um, carriage rides and the trail, the guided trail rides. And then if you have your own horse and are interested in doing that, if you scroll down to the bottom of the main page, there's going to be a little tab for equestrian center. And you're going to want to call our office directly to um, talk to one of our uh, admins to get that booked. Well, our friends who we travel with to the Biltmore quite often are there right now at this very moment doing falconry, because that's another thing you can do is take take a falconry uh, lesson or course or whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah, that's just something we started doing a few years ago, and it's been um, really popular and just so cool to get to interact with those birds. Yep. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you for the, for coming on with us. It's, uh, it's, what a cool place to work. <laughs> it, it, it really is. I've been here 15 years. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks, Elizabeth. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, there you go. There's a trip. You guys would have a ball. First of all, seeing the house, it's unfreaking believable. I mean, it's yeah, just, I'm looking it's, at it on the website yeah, now. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, you only get to see really a small part of it. It's huge. There's 250 rooms. Uh, but the estate is just uh, you know, you got to do the trail ride. You got to do all that stuff. I want to do. They do the Land Rover thing. It's an hour long. They go up and down steep banks and over rocks and logs. I, it's just cool. Uh, they can do fly fishing. I think Chad fishes too, doesn't he? Um, we yeah, we we do all these things. These are yeah. all perfect. I was just looking at the prices though for the the the, the actual estate. <clears throat> might have to be, might have to start saving. <laughs> yeah, if you they have a hotel there too, and it's not cheap. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm no. looking at. The yeah, the, the hotel's not cheap. The, the, but there like, are a lot of hotels in town in Asheville. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys would love Asheville too. It is really a cool town. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's like a dozen breweries and you know just wineries and all kinds of stuff. Really cool place. Uh, you know, we often said if we were going to have a if we were going to have a vacation house, it wouldn't be at the beach. It would be up there in Asheville, is because it's just a neat place. Well, um, we're going to hear from our friends at WinTech, and then we're going to go to an interview I did, as we mentioned earlier, with David Saunders, who was coachman to uh, the Queen and Prince Philip. And he spent a lot of time with Prince Philip, and I just want you to hear, this is just a small part of the hour and a half we spent together. I'll post a link in our show notes to the original interview, which you can go listen to on the website, um, where he talks about his whole life doing amazing things as a coachman. So this is just a small part of it, but it's the part that really talked about Prince Philip. So I want you to hear that. And then we're going to come back with some really bad ads. Coach Jen here, HRN Chaos Control Officer and host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on Horse Radio Network. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse, and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines? Well, WinTech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. So head out to your local tax store and have a sit-in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, Arrange a test ride or check them out online at wintechsaddles.us. I forget the right word now, but anyway, there was a fairly innocuous, s- innocuous that's the word I was looking for, uh, classified ad that said, uh, driving groom wanted, Windsor area, accommodation provided. And as I just got married and I was living above a hairdresser's and, you know, struggling to pay the rent and everything else like that, I thought this, this might be something I've done some carriage driving and I've worked for several people doing different things. I'll apply for it. So I applied to this post office box number and and sent my resume, a CV, whatever you'd like to call it, and um, thought no more of it. And I don't know, a week, 10 days later, the phone rang at eight o'clock at night and, uh, so I picked up the phone. I said, yes. And a voice at the end of the phone said in a very BBC accent, is that David Saunders? And I said, yes. Is that David Edward Saunders? I said, yes. And I'm thinking to myself, I must be in some Bill collector. Trouble. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. IRS is calling. Well, the next words out of this guy's <laughs> mouth were, he said, my name is Major Phelps and I am the superintendent at the Royal Muse Buckingham Palace. 
And I thought about it and I said, well, I expect you are. And I put the phone down. <laughs> you hung up on him? I hung up on him because... <laughs> you must get that a lot. Uh, well, I mean, how often does the <laughs> yes, White House exactly. call you, Glenn? Come right, on, exactly. You know, Buckingham I'd hang Palace. up too. Well, why are they calling me? <laughs> so anyway, the phone rang back again and uh, this guy said, no, no, don't hang up. You applied for this job, blah, 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 blah. And he said it was at Windsor Castle. Prince Philip had just started driving. It was, it, it, yeah, in the uh, mid-70s. And he just started driving and he just kind of written the rules for combined driving and, 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 and. And uh, so I went for an interview and uh, and got the job. How old were you then? Mid-20s? Yeah, probably 23, 24, something like that, yeah. And did the accommodations include uh, taking your wife along? Yes. Okay. Well, it was it was kind of a double-edged sword, actually. I'd have been better if I'd have been single, because the single guys got, you know, uh, uh, a really nice uh, little room, uh, three meals a day. They got someone to do their washing and ironing. I got an unfurnished apartment. <laughs> So actually, and, and, and while it's lovely working for Her Majesty, she really doesn't pay very well. So I, I had to get a job in the evening working at Heathrow Airport, driving a truck, uh, to actually buy furniture and stuff like that. Is so, that right? So I'd finish work at, you know, 5, 5.30, and at uh, 9 o'clock I was delivering bonded exports um, at Heathrow Airport, yeah. Didn't see your wife much in those days. No, no. That's why it took us probably five or six years to have, a, have my wonderful little daughter, Samantha. So now, when you first started there, tell me about the first day walking in there to work. Well, it was interesting. Um, being a, a, an army brat, you, you tend to, uh, and this is what stood me in good stead, I think, going to all these different schools, you, you tend to work out what's going on very quickly. and Either that or you got beat up. So exactly. <laughs> so at the time, there was a retired major, um, Major Thompson, who was running the yard for Prince Philip. He'd just started. And there was six horses and three grooms. And, and I was replacing one of these grooms. And it, we weren't even a groom. I was, and I still have my contract, actually, when I first went there. I was considered a junior liveried servant. Well, all three of those words don't really have a good ring to them no i'm junior i'm liveried which means they give you clothes and you're a servant so it's it's that's how i started but what i did that see, dates back to the 1700s indentured servants yeah. absolutely yeah. and uh but what i did see straight away was a, a chance to actually do something with this this job because i could see that major thompson was getting fairly close to retirement these other guys kind of weren't that interested and i thought well i think i can get my nose in here and work my way up the ladder so what did you do? What was your job when you first started there? Well, basically in the Royal Mews, e each man takes care of two horses, uh, which doesn't sound a lot, but they have to be, obviously, it's not just the horses, it's all the harness that you have to clean and all the rest of the bits and pieces. Um, so my job was taking care of two horses, and uh, it was a, a gelding and a mare called Buttercup and Doric. You remember and, uh, their names? I remember their names, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were... they were. Um... I think it's funny that they have ordinary names that we would give our horses. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, some of them don't, but, uh, yeah. but it was interesting because the Queen was... Especially when, when the Queen started this breeding program of homebred horses, and, and that was one of the proudest moments of her life when, when Prince Philip, her husband, was driving her homebred horses at World Championships, and, and she named all the horses, so it was kind of cute. So when he first started driving, where, where did that interest come from? And he was a little older than even at that point. Yes, he was probably 50. 50s? Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. 50s. And he'd, for 25 years, he'd played polo. And um, so he'd come from, he'd, he'd, he'd always had horses, but he'd, he'd played polo, which is really a completely different thing to driving horses. Um, and he wanted to do something that was still competitive, but was a bit more regal as it were and he was president of the fei at the time prince philip and and probably a lot of I, people don't know that that he was well yeah, you know, he was president of the fei and he was he was a very good president in fact a lot of people say he was probably one of the best presidents because he had a lot of influence you know being president of the world wildlife fund and and, and he had a lot of power and he, he he was a horseman all his life so but he'd given up polo because of various reasons you know he was getting on a bit and he had this arthritis in his wrists so that held me in very good stead because you know the people i've worked for since then have been you know vintage people and they can't have horses that pull so i learned at a very age that horses have to be light in your hand at what point did you transition from taking care of these horses to training the horses and to you know the next step well i kind of worked my way up to 
um, as the British military say, 2IC, second in charge. And um, then I heard that uh, Major Thompson had, was going to retire. And um, normally in, in the Royal Muse or in the Royal Household anywhere, um, they're all jobs for the boys. You know, it's the old school tie or the old military tie. And, um, you know, I was I, I was quite... I'd, I thought dynamic with Prince Philip and pushing, you know, he was coming up with different ideas um, as president of the FEI. He'd get letters, you know, can we try a one handed third? I remember him getting a letter from Colonel Thackeray, who was uh, an American. He was uh, uh, chair of the driving committee asking if it was possible to do a 30 meter one handed circle. And uh, we went out and did it. I mean, nowadays we're, they're doing 15 meter one handed circles at the canter and, and all the rest of it. But in them days, it was really quite, quite a thing. So, I helped him with them and I was very enthusiastic, obviously. And I think Prince Philip saw something in me, one would hope, that, that I was dynamic and I was I was interested in the sport. And he was de- developing the sport. He'd actually written the rules or set up the committee. So, for and this the is rules. combined driving. For combined them. driving. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. He's the father of the sport. All these, you know, all these new drivers really should be thanking him because he got the sport going. Um. So I, I was out driving him with him one day and I just said, oh, I hear uh, Major Thompson retiring, sir. And he said, uh, well, yes. And I said, well... Is there any chance of me having the job? And Prince Philip looked at me a bit sideways and said, I don't see why not. And I said, well, do I need to speak to someone? He said, no, 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 leave it to me. Well, of course, then the Palace Mafia get on the phone. How dare you? How dare you be so familiar with his royal highness and ask him a question like that? And I, I thought, well, you know, he asked me a question and, you know, I, I'd talk to anybody, you know, it's just whoever you talk to. Um, but anyway, Prince Philip insisted and he could see that, you know, I could help him along. But I, I did pay the price throughout my career, 20 years working for the Queen, because obviously I was part of his pleasure. I mean, most of the other people, all the other horses in the Muse were, were kept just for ceremonial things. So all the other coachmen really only saw members of the royal family when they were on some sort of ceremonial junket parades and all that whatever stuff. Yeah. yeah and we did all those as well but of course every weekend you know prince philip would come from the office i.e buckingham palace bp to windsor castle which was the country home and we would drive at weekends and of course we were training green horses and we were developing a sport that is now you know as you know chester webb has just won raw windsor horse show and you know but prince philip had this in mind he had this grand design in his mind and uh it was it 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 was nice that he shared it i mean for instance the, the first marathon carriage we built this thing called the iron maiden prince philip was at we had a, a an aircraft because they used to use just regular pleasure carriages that's right oh yeah. and we used to break everything all the bits of wood used to drop off i can remember we all before before the marathon my first job was to take a long piece of rope and do half hitches from the splinter bar all the way down the pole the wooden pole to the leader in case bars. it broke so it wouldn't fall off broke, and it often used to break yes but but prince philip you know being very dynamic was was interested in trying to improve the sport and he he, he said to me one day oh i've just been to uh, british aerospace where they're designing the plane called the concord and they've developed this new type of uh, aluminum aluminium or it was it was an alloy actually called duralumin and he said uh, they've asked me if you know because i'm patron of something or other they asked me what i wanted I was thinking of asking for four wheels. What do you think, David? And I said, what a good idea. Because in the old days, the, we used wheels with hubs on. And of course, the hubs we used to get stuck on things. So we wanted some sort of flush hub. So our first attempt was this thing called the Iron Maiden, which we'd kind of built with these Concorde wheels on. But actually, that didn't work out um, because it was we, we, we made the mistake of designing it on old lines. Uh, and then our next... Um, attempt was uh, we went to artistic iron products michael mart and we bought an undercarriage and four wheels and we built our own carriage and uh, i've posted it on facebook a couple of times but actually you know prince philip and i designed the open back the bumper bars the floating pole uh, the four disc brakes all that good stuff the wedge um it's all been improved since then but actually that was the first but the proton. fundamental design is absolutely still the same. Was, yeah. was was me and prince philip because and it was funny because we were driving at sandringham and we'd go out with a pair and prince philip would get it wrapped around a tree and i had a wax crayon and i would mark 
where it was getting stuck. And that afternoon, George Bushell, who was the engineer who was building it for us, would cut a bit off and weld another bit on, and then we'd go out the next day. <laughs> and, of course, Prince Philip was fascinated with this, absolutely fascinated. So, so he could see that, just to get back to your original point, why he promoted me was that he, he could see that I had a passion for, for, for driving and for horses, and still do, by the way. Um, but that, getting back to that being sort of a semi-curse, too, is that you were on call all the time, whereas these guys were off on weekends. Well, yes, and, yeah. and of course, the other thing is, I mean, I can remember the first day Prince Philip came down, we were out driving, and he said, uh, do you mind if I call you David? Because I, until then, all the royals, you were called by your surname, Saunders. Mr. So no, 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 not even Mr. It was just, just Saunders. Saunders. Yes. Okay. And he said, uh, oh, do you mind if I call you David? And of course, being me, I said, well, do I still have to call you sir? And he said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, that was really the kiss of death because these, you know, all these other palace mandarins, then they couldn't call me Saunders because Prince Philip was calling me David. So if if we were in the same country, they, a company rather, they couldn't call me Saunders and him call me David. So it was, but but also, you know, when you go to, you've competed and you've inter interviewed people that have been in competitions. You know, when you're at a, comp at a competition, you know, if you're the top rider at the Olympics, your boy or girl groom, whoever is, is just as important. And yes. the, 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 the trials and the tribulations and, the, and the, the happiness and the sadness is shared by all of you because the horse is, is an unknown quantity. It doesn't matter how wonderful the horse can perform. It can still have a problem. That's why we do it because it, it, it is such a challenge. And um, so Prince Philip, I believe, shared a lot of interest with me. And of course, Her Majesty the Queen loved when we started driving these homebred horses. She loved it. So she would always come over and talk to me. And of course, you have to understand, you know, people that have been there for years. What the hell is Her Majesty speaking to that groom about? You know, well, you know, I wasn't a groom. I was a coachman. And, you know, I, I had a lot of interest and a lot of everything else. And of course, being members of the royal family, if they wanted to talk to you, they did talk to you. So I know she rides. Did she ever drive the Queen? No, no, no not, not to my knowledge. Mm. I think she may have done driven a pony when she was young, but she she was much more of a rider. Yeah. Did she go along? Were were did they ever go for casual pleasure drives just for the fun? They who uh, the Queen and uh, Prince Philip? No, no, no. The Queen would we would often meet. Her Majesty, when she was riding, and she would ride alongside, um, especially at Sandringham when they were on vacation. But, but no, she would. She never rode with us in the carriage. Huh. So she never did. She ever come watch the competitions? Oh yes, yeah. Windsor Horse Show, which is just finished. With right. the, say Chester Webber just won. I remember. I think it was in the mid eighties. Prince Philip was slated to drive there, and for some reason he had to leave the country and go somewhere on some official business. He said, oh, you drive the horses. Well, talk about pressure, driving the Queen's horses <laughs> at Royal Windsor. You don't want to come show. in last. <laughs> no, no, no. I think we were fifth or sixth, but uh, it's a lot of pressure with having her watching you, by the way. Having to compete at a major international horse show, driving Her Majesty the Queen's horses with her watching, and, of course, you know, her husband normally drives them. It was, it was really a lot of pressure, so I didn't want to take any chances. But, again... As I said to you earlier about how things set you up for later on in life, it, it, I've always had this philosophy of when I train horses for people, I'm training for them to drive. You know, people often say to me if I'm giving them some sort of instruction, oh, you drive the horse. I can drive the horse. That's what I'm good at. My job is to get you to drive well. That's, that's, that's the trick. And of course, um, it was a, driving the queen's horses with her at every obstacle marathon obstacle watching you and during the dressage uh, was really quite uh, quite a lot of pressure but you you kind of get used to it you know so he he really was the father of the modern day CD, uh, cde uh combined driving and I, I did have a question uh, from somebody that wanted me to ask you. The three phases, were they strictly modeled after eventing, written eventing, or did, did he have a reason for the three phases uh, on his own? Well, originally it was actually four phases. Right, with the, yes. With the presentation. Yeah, right. But it was modeled after combined training or three-day eventing or right. military, whatever you right. like to call it. And it was military back, back exactly. in the day. Exactly, and, yeah. and, and it was designed along the same ideals that um, – the military trained their horses to be able to do dressage because if you were fighting with a sword in your hand, you needed the horse to sidestep and go backwards and rear up or, or gallop or trot or whatever. 
um, on the cross-country phase, if you were in battle and you had to leap over a dead body or a cannon, you had to do it. Um, uh, and, and the show jumping was designed as uh, the same thing for jumping. But what they did with the drive, the combined driving in the, ori- the original part was there was a presentation part because it, remember it came from coaching, you know, the coaching people kind of set it up originally. And um, so there was a presentation phase where it was everything – was all pretty and that was a, a phase by itself and then you had the dressage test which was really compared with what we do now really very fairly simple um and then of course the cross country i think was a lot harder then because we used to have a five section marathon two walk sections there was a fast section section c which was between 18 and 20 kilometers an hour and then the final section was normally with the obstacles in it and then the the cones were really just designed to show that the horses were still sound and supple and you could still drive them after the marathon you weren't kind of putting them at any risk so it was modeled really very closely to combined training when did you start competing we started competing with prince philip did you do your own were you competing at all on your own during that time you were with the well i i competed with the queen's Four, as I said, at Royal Windsor Horseshoe, and I competed with a pair a couple of times for the Queen for, for for various reasons. And of course, Prince Philip started this thing called the Windsor Park Equestrian Club, and there was driving there almost every weekend during the summer. So we would, um, Prince Philip would drive a pair. If you look at my website, there's a picture of me sitting next to Prince Philip, and I'm driving, and he's sitting next to me. He would groom for me, and I would groom for him, you know, and we'd take up three pairs or two pairs or a four and a pair or something like that just for training. So I competed when I was working for the Queen, yes. I get the impression that he's a royal, but he's also a pretty straight shooter as far as, you know, letting you know what how he feels about stuff and Well, you have to remember he was a sailor. And if you know anything about sailors, they really shoot from the hip and from the mouth. Um but Prince Philip is one of those very lucky men that he's he's very unusual because he's a man's man by every stretch of the imagination. He's macho strong go-getter but he's also a ladies man that he can work a cocktail party like nobody else i know so he's you know most of us are kind of men's men or ladies men but he's 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 a real double act as it were which is why he ended up prince philip exactly that's why he captured the queen's heart (laughs) obviously well, we hope you uh, you enjoyed listening to David talk a little bit about uh, Prince Philip. You can see by that interview how much he really admired and enjoyed working with him. And, uh, you know, obviously there'll be a lot of talk about this over the next week. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle the funeral and everything with COVID going on. Um, but uh, he certainly will be missed in, in the horse world. I just uh, got a announcement before we get to really bad ads from uh, Kentucky Performance Products. They just emailed me. And oh you, you all know that uh, they did those stickers. They gave away free stickers of uh, a running horse, and you could you could get a winter one, and then they had a summer one. There's a collection. There's going to be a series of them. Well, they just got the eventing one in, and it's going to run from now until the 26th. Uh, it's an eventing sticker. It's the same design as the others, except in the horse. It's jumpers and stuff. Yeah, I got the four-leaf clover one, the one that was... Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. And I got the I got the other one. Um but you can get the eventing one right now if you go to kppusa.com slash free sticker. That's kppusa.com slash free sticker. And uh apparently last time we announced it we flooded their inbox with sticker requests. So do it again. Flood their inbox again. Uh we appreciate that. And you'll get a free sticker out of the deal. Well, let's do it. It's time. Pay it. I say, pay attention. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. That's right. It is that time of the week when we read some ads that are submitted by our listeners, usually from Craigslist or Facebook, about horses or farm stuff, and uh, we just have a little bit of fun with them. And we give a prize out every month. Well, this month, the prize is a little bit different than you're used to. Uh, This was done by our auditors. Auditor Lindsay got together with a bunch of auditor auditors, and they... (laughs) 
Sorry about that. They put together Bless you. their own auditor box of crap. That's right. They all contributed to a box of crap. Everybody likes when I give away boxes of crap from my closet. Well, I'm running out of crap because I haven't been to a trade show in forever. So they got together and they put their own together. And this is what she said. You've all heard about Glenn's box of crap. Well, now the auditors are bringing you a box of crap built from the shadows of tack rooms, weird horsey gifts. And do I really need to have 10 of those things? So hit the record button for double the entries to win this inaugural prize. That's right. You could be the person to win the first auditor box of crap. I have no idea what's in this thing. I have no idea what's going on with it. Lindsay put it all together. Thank you, Lindsay. So it could be wonderful. You'd never know. Or it really could be crap. I'm not sure which. Did you contribute anything to the auditor box? I crap? did not. I don't even know about this. So this is very <laughs> exciting. I mean, it could be like moldy cheek piece from somebody's bridal, or it could be like something really cool that somebody yeah. went out and bought. I don't know. Yeah, it I could be they had duplicates of it. You know, no, not that that stops most people from keeping the duplicates. They usually do that and then just hoard them. But uh, apparently people were generous here. So there you go. Thank you, Lindsay, for putting that together. I got the first one today. It's a five-year-old horse. It's in Ontario, Canada. And this five-year-old horse was, uh, the ad was sent in by Holly. Five-year-old horse, $1,000. I, by the way, there's a theme on today's ads, and you're going to see what it is pretty quick. Because I have to take a deep breath. Oh, boy. <laughs> I have a five-year-old horse we bought three years ago. He is broken in to ride. He has just not been rode in a couple of years, though he is good around kids and adults, and you can walk up and pet him, and he will stand there and let you. Like, oh that's a major accomplishment. Could you please tell everybody what the first picture of this horse is? Um, I'm not entirely sure what is in the foreground of the picture, <laughs> but the background of the picture is the horse uh, from, like, just above the knees down to the feet. And half of the leg is hidden by this metal bar, and the feet are hidden by another metal bar. So pretty much what you're seeing is a tiny bit of the leg. Like, you can see the very clearly the front of the cannon bone yeah, on if, the left front. If this horse had a knee problem, you wouldn't know it by this picture because it's hidden. What is this a photo <laughs> of? I don't understand. I don't understand why they would even take that picture. I don't get it. But there you go. Just It's proof that you can walk up to him, you yeah. know, yeah. get close enough to take that picture. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, I just, we have, we have breaking, breaking, uh, really bad ad here. Um, and I need to, I need to. I need to share it. Wow. Um, it breaking was news breaking, all over the place today. Breaking news. Uh, this comes in from Katie. She submitted this and tagged me in on Facebook and said, you have to see this. She said it's the best ad she's seen in a while. And I do not disagree. The photo is of a very attractive muscle bound shirtless man holding a horse. Um, <clears throat> and this is on the Massachusetts horse people Facebook page. ISO husband <laughs> to go on trail rides. Talk horses, bring me my tack, tack up my horse, clean stalls, give me money for my horses. <laughs> One that knows equine nutrition, feeds, turns out, and likes old trucks. Because if he has patience for those, he can handle my attitude. Needs to be okay around dogs and cats and uh, gets paid mid to high five figures. Voted for attention. Show me what you have. Preferably golden bronze, 16 hands, mid 30s, nothing green. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's a photo of a very handsome bronze shirtless man holding a horse. Muscle bound. Yeah, but if I'm the guy, that's not the picture I want to see. I don't know. Like, if I, I think it's a good, I mean, ask for what you want. Put it out there. Use the secret, Glenn. Put it out into the earth and maybe it'll come back. Yeah, but I don't want to see that picture. I want to see her topless with the no, horse. But see, that's what, she's just showing you what she's looking for. And don't worry, if you look at that and you're like, uh, then you're not that guy. No, I, don't reply. I want to know how many calls she got after that. <laughs> I doubt many, but like, you know, we're all looking for somebody to bring us our tack and pay for everything and give us money for horse shows and yeah, talk that was horses real enticing, and go that on one. trail rides and be an expert See, on equine nutrition and feed the, the horses. The way you and, snag us is not putting that out there. It's deceiving us for a few months until we figure that out on ourselves and then we're hooked. 
because See? we've seen the topless girl by the horse. It's at that point we're hooked. Oh, okay. It, you, you have to reel the. You have to reel us in slowly. This isn't done with a you know a club over the head. In the post show, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that my husband said. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait for that. <laughs> Please remind me in the post show okay, because post-show. it is not suitable for <laughs> okay. underage years. Okay, um, and then I know he won't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have the next one from Anna. All right. Anna sent this one in. And this is Missouri Horse on Facebook. It's a group called Missouri Horse. We'll look at any trades for this mare. Drop whatever you want to trade for her below. Couple things I'd be interested in. Horses. Exclamation points after all these. Dirt bikes, saddles, trailers, or really anything. They forgot guns. What what they forgot guns? Anything, Glenn. Oh, okay. That goes under that category. Mare info le- located in Belmo. She is not oh, there's no punctuation. Hold on. <laughs> they used that. it all up in the uh, in the <laughs> other way. Located in Belmo, she is not broke, but price will go up as I work with her. She does well with other horses and is due for a trim. She did not do well with a trailer, but we had the slant up to separate her from another horse. I'd assume she would load well if it was open area, but she didn't put much of a fight up. Just pulled back and hesitated. Very gentle unhalter slash lead broke incredibly friendly and a go, go, go type of girl. <laughs> She's going to be a pleasant ride for someone and definitely has a, a color thread going. She Told she fold once and was a good mother and she threw color and she don't really run from you unless she's in a playful mood and not dangerous. <laughs> How do you know she's going to be a pleasant ride if she's not even been ridden ever before? And she's go, go, go. You know what that means. So... <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I love how these people always assume what they're going to be when they have no clue. And they and obviously aren't qualified to train them to do it anyway. So she's going to throw colorful babies and she's going to be a nice ride. You just got to, you know, like get her bred and then you also got to train her to be ridden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that should be wonderful. She's going to be real nice. <laughs> and punctuation again, people. Punctuation. Hannah sent oh, this my one brain in. Hurts. Uh, also no punctuation, except at the very end. Uh, this was uh, Facebook, it looks like, also by a girl named Brittany. 20-year-old mare located in Carleton, Virginia. Do not let her age for you. She has woe and she has go. She is husband and kids safe. If you know how to ride, you can ride her. She was an ex-lesson <laughs> horse. She's in great shape. Oh, Lord. Can She's I make got- a... No, I probably shouldn't say She it. has woe and she has go. <laughs> the horse may be in great shape, but the rider is not. <laughs> it's all I'll say about it. It's a very colorful paint horse. It is. It's yeah. actually really pretty. I'd like yeah. to have it. But it's, it's, it's 20 a years 20 year old, old mare, mare located. That's all one word, mare located. Yeah. Uh, Adrian sent this one in. Um, I have two. Oh, God, it's a Craigslist ad. There's not many. Sp- Bases. <laughs> I gave this one to you because I couldn't read it. <laughs> we took out the space bar in this one. <clears throat> I have two loving horses. They both come to their names when called even from out in the pasture. Rosie is a three-year-old female black and white paint. Very bulky, loving and oh, bulky, loving is all one thing. Bulky, loving and gentle, caring horse. Both. Of her parents are papered full, but it, this is really hard to read. Okay. Horse both. Of her parents are papered full-blooded black and white paints due to her owner passing away. He didn't get her papered spirit. Is a two-and-a-half-year-old stud quarter. Horse paint. He is on the smaller and bulky side. He is a very gentle and caring same. <laughs> Goes with him. Both parents were papered, but owner died and did not get him papered either. He is <laughs> so confusing. Is great with other horses and loads up great PM. Me and Price will separate or together. <laughs> I don't know what I read because my brain hurts from trying to separate words. 
<laughs> the only thing I got out of that is people died and there's no papers. That's what I got out of the whole act. I don't know if it was papered or not. I can't remember <laughs> because it was all one word. <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Adrian. I'm going to have to go lay down now. <laughs> Amanda sent this one. We're in the north today. Usually we're in the south. We're in the north for all of this. This one's uh, Horses for Lease in Michigan. And Amanda sent this one in. ISO, I'm looking to free lease a paint mare, age 3 to 10, height 14 plus HH. I would prefer a black and white paint mare, but will consider other paint colors. The primary reason we are looking is to breed her to our black and white paint stallion. I would also prefer her to be broke to ride, but we'll look at a green horses as well. There would be the possibility of offering one of the foals in exchange for free lease, but will be discussed. How long are they leasing a horse? <laughs> what? This My trailer is. is... Do not do this? My trailer is currently down, so I would need her to be transported, and I'm located in uh, Petoskey, Michigan, so I'm looking for something within 100 miles. By the way, that is the very top of Michigan, if I remember right. Uh, Mayor must be sound and sane. Message me if you're interested or have any questions. What on earth? Okay, please tell me nobody wrote. So you are looking to free lease a paint mare. Great. By the way, I'm going to be breeding it like yes. repeatedly. Oh, yeah, and for rides. Okay, but mostly I'm going to be breeding it for free. And for free? Like, what? Yeah, and I get uh, a free baby. You get the mare back. <laughs> so, and I might give you a baby because but if you don't want to free lease your... Oh, my head hurts. Um, Jenny sent this next one in. Also in oh, Michigan. Lord. Michigan, y'all are out of your damn minds today. Paint for sale. This is on a website, Michigan Paint Horses for Sale on localhorse.com. I didn't know there was a There's thing. a lot of paint horses in Michigan is what I'm determining from these ads. Y'all are just trying to make me mad with giving me this <laughs> Just making me mad. Hey, it's a paint for sale in Casanova, Michigan. Grade paint stud colt. God bless America. Could you yell that? Shh, please. Why are you? Oh. We have stickers for sale if you want to buy one, by the way. I have it on a sweatshirt, a long sleeve t-shirt. I like a zip up hoodie, a long sleeve t-shirt, and it's on the back of my car. And I, it's on the back of my trailer. I Yell have a friend. Bitch. I have a friend who does a very popular podcasting podcast, and they do what's called the pour at the beginning of the podcast where they pour coffee and he and everybody sends mugs and he'll promote whoever sent them the mug. Guess which mug I sent him. <laughs> oh, please tell me you sent him a guild. I did. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it on this podcasting show. <laughs> and by the way, the drawing, who did the drawing? Because it's of Zeus, basically. Um, that was Jessica did the drawing. It's, yeah, our, it's so our cute. auditor. Yeah. Jessica did the drawing of Zeus, and it's him turning around looking like, what? <laughs> and uh, it says, Geldach, Horses of the Morning Podcast. And you have one. And by God, send these people one for God's sake. Price $1,000. This is the ad. And everything is in separate line. Trailers. Lounges. Been settled. Accepted a rider. E X C E P T. Accepted a rider. <laughs> that rider is now dead. They're dead. <laughs> Selling not broke because hasn't. No punctuation has an apostrophe. Had con constant training. <laughs> Sweet boy. Would make a great gelding once. Gelded. <laughs> <laughs> Would make a great gelding once. That's our next, that's on the next shirt. <laughs> you don't want your horse to make a great gelding once he's gelded. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great shirt. <laughs> he can in with geldings now, has been ponied by mares, and doesn't act like a stallion. All right. What is How happening is to the freaking school system in Michigan? This is like the fifth ad today with no punctuation and no rhyme or reason to spelling. What is going on up there? Do you guys go to school? I am sending strongly worded letters to <laughs> Casanova, Michigan, and also to this horse in Petoskey. Petoskey. <laughs> I'm sending a letter to them. We did. We, and then, oh, Missouri was the other one. Yeah, <laughs> you're in trouble too. And Ontario, Oregon, a bunch of damn Yankees up in here messing everything up. All right, next one is uh, Aaron. Go ahead. This is a. Uh, yeah, Aaron sent this one in. This one's in. Vermont. <laughs> so also in the north. It's in the sporting goods and equestrian equipment for sale section. Uh, and it's tack need gone, $50. Need gone. 
And here's the list. A sleazy brush. That's right. It's a sleazy brush. A trush boot. That's right. Trush boot. Iron pads. Riding therapy reins and blanket straps. What are iron pads? I know there's pads for shoes, but I didn't think they were made of iron. Is that a stirrup? Maybe pads on a stirrup? What's a sleaze brush and a thrush? thrush Well, I think they were trying to say thrush boot. Is that a thing too? Yeah, there is a thrush boot. You put... I guess. I think you put the medicine in and then put the boot on. It's my guess. I don't think this person has that. <laughs> I, I mean, let me let me let me just go out on a limb a little bit. And the funny part is, it, in the list, do they mention a bit? And the photo is of a bit. Is the photo <laughs> the list doesn't mention a bit, and the photos of a bit. So there you go. <laughs> Damn, damn, tastic. All right, the last one comes in, uh, and it comes in at five minutes long, and it, apparently it's totally worth it. It was also sent in by Marie. We're going to play hers next apparently, week. Apparently, uh, many people sent this in, and uh, so we Jennifer chose chose Lorene because Lorene's a regular contributor, and she said it is definitely worth it. So let's take a listen. Okay, Lorreen, let's Hi. do this. It's Lorene Martin, Hi, Lorene. and I'm going to read a really bad ad, and this is... Um, an ad somebody posted, a friend of a friend posted on Facebook who is trying to get rid of their dog. Okay, I've tried. I've tried for the last several months to post his dog for adoption to make him sound dot, dot, dot palatable. The problem is he's just not. There's not a very big market for neurotic man-hating, animal-hating, children-hating dogs that look like gremlins. But I have to believe there's someone out there for Prancer. Because I am tired, and so is my family. Every day we live in the grips of demonic chihuahua hellscape he has created in our home. If you own a chihuahua, you probably know what I'm talking about. He's literally the chihuahua meme that describes them as being 50% hate and 50% tremble. If you're intrigued and horrified at how this animal sounds already, just wait dot 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 there's more prancer came to me obese wearing a cashmere sweater with a bacon and egg cheese stuffed in his grate with him i should have (laughs) known in that moment this dog would be a problem he was owned by an elderly woman who treated him like a human and never socialized him sprinkle in a little genetic predisposition predisposition for being nervous and you've concocted a neurotic mess aka prancer his first week, he was too terrified to have, person, to have a personality. As awful as it sounds, I kind of liked him better that way. He was quiet and just laid on the couch. Didn't bother anyone. I was excited to see him come out of his shell and become a real dog. I am convinced at this point, he is not a real dog, but more like a vessel for a traumatized Victorian child that now haunts our home. Prancer only likes women nothing else he hates men more than women do which says a lot if you have a husband don't bother applying unless you hate him prancer has lived with a man for six months and still has not accepted him he bonds to a woman slash women and takes his job of protection seriously he offers better protection than capital security (laughs) this also extends to other animals I have other dogs, questions, cats, question mark, don't apply unless they like being shaken up like a rag doll by a 13-pound rage machine. <laughs> this may be confusing to people, as he currently lives with my other seven dogs and 12 cats. That's because we have somewhat, that's because we have somewhat come to an agreement that it's wrong to attack the other animals. But you know that episode of The Office where Michael Scott silently whispers, I'll kill you, too, Toby. That's Prancer having a begrudgingly coexistence with everyone when I'm around. We also mentioned no kids for Prancer. I think at this point you can imagine why. He's never been in the presence of a child, but I can only imagine the demonic noises and shaking fury that would erupt from his body if he was. Prancer wants to be your only child. So what are his good traits? He is loyal beyond belief, although to tell you a secret, his complex is really just a a facade of his fear. 
A facade? Facade. I'm not, I'm not sure if she spelled that right. If someone tried to <laughs> kill you, I can guarantee it would run away screeching. But as far as companionship, you will never be alone again. He likes to go for car rides. He is housebroken. He knows a few basic commands. He is quiet and non-destructive when left alone at home. And even though we call him baloney face, he is kind <laughs> of cute to look at. He also smiles when he is excited. His ideal home would be a single woman, a mother and daughter, or a lesbian couple. <laughs> I can't live in an apartment. You can't live in an apartment or a condo unless you want him to ankle bite your neighbors. We already addressed the men and children situation. If you have people over, he would have to be put away like he's a vacuum. I know, <laughs> I know finding someone who wants a chunky doll and a dog's body is hard, but I have to try. Prancer is available through Second Chance Pet Adoption League. He's in New Jersey, but can be adopted anywhere, anywhere in the general tri-state area. If you've always wanted your own haunted Victorian child in the body of a small dog that hates men and children, please email. Oh, also, he's only two years old and will probably live to be 21 through pure spite. So take that into account if you're interested. (laughs) Well, that's the end. I kind of want it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. No, we're not getting it. Bye. Oh, God, that was great. I love Lorene and her daughter arguing in the car. <laughs> I hope her daughter was driving and Lorene wasn't yeah. driving while reading that New York traffic. That's all I can... New Jersey. I'm sorry. New, New Jersey. That's even worse. <laughs> You've been to New Jersey? <laughs> oh, God, well read, Lorene. Well read. <laughs> He's going to live to 21 out of pure spite. Boy, I'll tell you what. Between the ad for the man and the ad for the dog... Uh, they are very not enticing ads today. <laughs> All right. Well, somebody we're g- did comment under that ad about the man. I am moving to Michigan if these are available there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate you being here today. I know it's you know we had some sad news on a Friday, but um, it we can't help when the news comes out. Uh, we will hang around. Apparently, Jamie has something to tell us in the post show for the auditors. If you want to become an auditor, just go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right-hand side of the page, click on the auditor banner, and for as little as $3 a month, for getting a donation. You know, you think you, you know somebody, one. and you think they know you, and then they say something, and you're just like... <laughs> What? Oh, now I, I, I can't wait to hear this. Uh, so, so that'll be coming right up for all of you who want to hang around. Thanks a bunch. Have a safe weekend, everybody. Be safe. Hey, neutering geld. Geldetch, available at our store, horseradionetwork.com.